I want to start my homily this morning by giving a shout out to my kids because they do a good job having me as their mother. <coughs> Believe it or not, I rein myself in a lot, but even in my reined in nature, I can be over the top at times. And they definitely know that when there are moments in the car when a song comes on and I go into a philosophical and a theological diatribe about the lyrics of a particular song on the radio. I usually give this speech only once and then I say every time that song comes on we are changing the station. One particular song reminds me of this pattern in my own life. You've probably heard it. It was very popular all summer long and it still plays a lot on the radio. And the chorus is, wake me up when it's all over, when I'm wiser and I'm older. I see some of you shaking your head. You've heard this one. I went into one of my philosophical and theological diatribes against this song because I was infuriated, as you can tell, infuriated by this idea that we should sleep through life or that life is only worth living if it's like a dream. I know that there's a little bit within each of us that fantasizes about that and that longs for that and I was mad at this song for feeding such a lie. Songs create you know a neurological pathway in our brains, a tune does that and that lets that message just flow unhindered through our whole system up here and I was mad at that song for taking root in people in particular in my car <laughs> I see that as we grow up we begin to realize that life isn't just a dream that we can't sleep through it in some beautiful way making it up as we want to having it be just exactly like we had imagined it. And we come to this awareness sometime after puberty, puberty that it isn't exactly like we had envisioned, as we had imagined, as we had dreamed. We begin to realize as we grow up and we grow older that things have a claim on us. Some of those things we've decided we want to have a claim on us. Some of them, though, we haven't. We didn't get to choose. They've taken a claim on us. And so the life that we live as we grow up is in relationship to those claims made upon us, both the ones that we have chosen and, both, and the ones that have chosen us. We see that in our gospel lesson today. Jesus is giving us instruction about how to live with the claims made upon us, both the claims that we have chosen and the ones that have chosen us. Because Jesus himself is navigating this reality. It's part of the human condition. In the Gospel of Mark, right before our Gospel lesson this morning, Jesus is talking with his disciples and he says to them, who do people say that I am? And they rattle off several ideas. One is John the Baptist, another is a prophet. And he says to his disciples, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Messiah. With each of those titles, a claim is laid on Jesus. And he wants to know what claim people are making on him. So when Peter says, you are the Messiah, Jesus says, in essence, 
because he doesn't argue it, he says, you're right. And he orders them to tell no one. Why? Because people have an idea of what the Messiah is supposed to be, who he is supposed to be, what he's supposed to do. And immediately following the passage I just told you about is the gospel reading for this morning. Jesus then goes on to talk about what the Messiah will do, that he will go and he will suffer and he will die and be buried, and on the third day he will rise again. Now this does not fit with Peter's idea of who the Messiah is and what the Messiah will do. And so Peter takes him to the side and says, no, we can't let this happen. People might make a claim on you, but we don't want them to make that claim on you, Peter is saying. We don't want you to be treated like a criminal. We don't want you to be tried. We don't want you to be one who suffers. That's not part of our image of who the Messiah is. But Jesus says to Peter, you've got it wrong. You are making the wrong claim on me. You are thinking about human things, not of divine things. And then he goes on to talk about how we are to follow him. If anyone want to be my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. The cross might symbolize for us those things that we shoulder, those claims made upon us, both that we claim for ourselves and that are placed upon us, a burden across our backs. And some of you, all of us know what that feels like. Some of you know it feels heavier than maybe others of you feel it. The claim that people make on us can be a burden that we have to bear and to navigate in our lives. We might want to satisfy that burden by running away from it, indulging ourselves, being that sinful and adulterous nation, um, generation that Jesus talks about in the gospel lesson, wanting to numb ourselves to the difficulty of the work and just indulge, just feed our desires so that we don't have to do the hard work of dealing with the claims made upon us. But Jesus encourages us and he says, no, take up your cross and follow me. Things have been placed upon you. They've been placed upon me. Take it up. Come with me. I will teach you how to do this. And so how does Jesus teach us how to follow him? Cornell West said that the cross, the cross with a capital C, that we Christians recognize, the cross is unarmed truth and unconditional love. That as Jesus met the hatred that was thrown against him, the accusations that were not suited for him, he responded with unarmed truth and unconditional love. And it was that that changed the world. Jesus is inviting us to take up our cross and to follow him in the faith that unarmed truth and unconditional love can change everything. Now, if you are a human being, you have a little bit of maybe hesitancy about this being true. So, now that we all know that we're in the same boat here, that we all have some hesitancy about this being true, this is where we are invited to come close to Christ so that he can show us the way. Because as easily as I can say unarmed truth and unconditional love, 
As familiar as those words are, everyone here knows how to spell them, and they, have, they do not have too many syllables, but they are big words. They cannot be taken literally and just, you know, we can't just traipse off into the future with those words. They invite us to stop, to sit, to reflect on what Christ is inviting us to do. How is it that we go in to our lives with unarmed truth and unconditional love? This is the invitation to each of us. It's the invitation that Christ gives to us that we might follow him. And so as you think about your own life, the burdens that you carry, some of them you have put upon yourself, some of them have been placed upon you, I invite you to stop and pray, to sit with God in the truth of the good news made known to us in Christ so that you can allow the promise that unarmed truth and unconditional love can change your life can redeem any situation. You know, one of the reasons I have such an issue with some songs and the lyrics that are set to them is because, as I said before, there's a neurological pathway that just gets paved by the tune so that we remember. At the vestry retreat last weekend, I rattled off the fruits of the Spirit as Paul lists them in one of his letters. People said, how do you remember those? I said, I learned a song when I was a kid. That's how I remember them. Why do you think our third graders are taught the song 50 Nifty United States from 13 original colonies? Because then they'll remember the 50 states. We too are invited to allow music to create the neurological pathway for the good news. And I'll make a little tangent here. If you've been thinking about singing in the choir, this is your invitation now. Because when the scriptures take on a tune, they get into you in a new and different way. There's a hymn that I feel confident we'll sing sometime in these 40 days of Lent. And I want to remind you of the text of it now. You'll recognize this tune, no doubt. Take up your cross, the Savior said, if you would my disciple be. Take up your cross with willing heart and humbly follow after me. The tune reminds us of the faith that we have been given, the promise of the good news that we know in Jesus Christ. We might find it difficult to believe, but it is reckoned to us as righteousness when we put our faith in that truth, that unarmed truth and unconditional love can redeem any situation. O oh Lord, help us in these 40 days of Lent to remember that, to remember it in our very selves, so that we might discover your redeeming work in our own lives. And we know that for your glory. Amen. <laughs>